ladies and gentlemen, here's Michael and Mike of the Michael Deacon Program. It's goddamn amazing. Goddamn amazing. Tonight's special guest, Marshall Masters. Goddamn amazing. And now, Michael Deacon and Mike Hideous. And welcome back to a very special Mother's Day edition of the Michael Deacon program tonight. We will be joined by, yes, Mr. Marshall Masters. It certainly is not his first rodeo here on the program, and it certainly won't be his last. He's a former CNN Science Features news producer, freelance writer, television analyst, and the publisher of Yow USA. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Don't be shy. Your thoughts and opinions matter to us. Feel free to call in. That number is 760-332-8724. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Mike Hideous. Oh, yes. I believe everyone is ready to go. So let's bring everyone in. My co-host, Mr. Mike Hideous, I believe, is ready to go. Let's bring him on. Mike, what's going down? Yes. We didn't hear you the first yeah. time. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I'm, I've been sitting here waiting personally. Perfect. And I, I believe... Patiently. Oh, yes. And I believe Mr. Marshall Masters is also here, and I think he might even be muted. I think he is. Yeah, I think he might have muted himself there. It's okay, Marshall. Uh, guys, I was ordering pizza. There you go, Marshall. Don't <laughs> no. worry. It's safe to uh, talk here. You're bringing the beer, right? So, we're, you know, this is it. We're going to have fun. Beer and pizza night. Well, usually that's how it goes. So, here we are, Marshall. Welcome back to the Michael Deacon program. And, of course, we are joined by my co-host, Mr. Mike Hideous, who's also drawn assignment for us this evening. And you just met him now. All right. He did, but I I know who he is. I know who he is. Though I've been I've been reading about him online. Oh yes. Mm. So. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been following along with you, Marshall, for a long time now, and you are a veteran here on the program. That's right. A lot of fun. I always enjoy being on with you. Clockwise. You're a good seeker of truth. Thank you, my friend. And what a year it's been so far in 2020, Marshall. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, guys. Let's be honest, uh, this whole thing with the coronavirus has been about as welcome as a big bowl of itching powder in a hemorrhoid right. clinic. And uh, Oh, the visuals, Marshall. How dare you? <laughs> well, guys, it's the truth, isn't it? Sure. And, it sure uh, is. You know, but and we call it the pandemic. But, I, you know, first off, I am so happy for General Flynn. And I knew this was coming. I have been following the whole thing for two years. I was, I've been on this so he, since before, six months before Q ever showed up. And it's like, so he's released now. Huh? Oh, uh, they're waiting. For, well, the judge has this week, the judge is going to have to uh, make the final on it. But the uh, DOJ, you know, they've, they pulled up stakes, and that's it. They're they're not going to push it no more. Good, and good. Oh, I hope he gets out. That's the way it should be. So if the judge wants to go and, you know, become prosecutor and judge, well, then, you know, although, let's be honest, guys, would it surprise us given what we see? No, not at all. <laughs> no. 
Uh, uh, that guy got that guy got a bum rap right from the beginning, and I sincerely hope he gets uh, a fair. Uh, uh, what would be the word? Uh, you know, I, I hope he gets out under fair circumstances. I mean, he just got burned right from the beginning. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, payback is a general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope uh, so. I hope so. Oh, I think so. I think this is, uh, but it, I mean, it's not going in for vengeance for vengeance sake. I mean, this really is going to be a reckoning. That's what I see coming is a reckoning. And, um, you know, but what I wanted to do, though, because I've seen so, you know, particularly with this Great Awakening, and that's what we're in right now is the Great Awakening. And I have been waiting for this for well over a decade. I've been hoping and praying for the Great Awakening. And people, instead of, I haven't got time for this crap. Take a hike. Nothing's going to happen. I don't want to hear about it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And finally, we'd have the Great Awakening, and people would say, Marshall, I'm ready for that conversation now. Right on. And we'd be able to have a great, no. What do I get with the Great Awakening? <laughs> Everybody. And I mean, it's like, imagine, you know, everyone you know has got to call you to give you the bad news. So it has not been fun for me. And I'm looking at all the negativity, and I see that people are playing right into the globalist strategy with all the fear and panic out there. They're, they can do this. They can do that. They can do this other thing. They can do that other thing, too. And it's always the they can do what if, and I heard it from somebody, and it's fear porn and clickbait, and either you have idiots that are as dumb as a sack of hammers who are creating crisis out of nothing with pet theories, or you have outright propagandists and disinformation operatives doing essentially the same. It all whips up this climate of fear, and a climate of fear doesn't favor us. It's like, you know, we are giving away our most precious asset, which is our life force energy. So I decided, okay, I know fear sells, sex sells, porn sells, money sells, greed sells. Telling people to have hope, who the frick wants to listen to that? You know, Good I mean, point. that's boring. Not when there's a whole world of fear porn out there. Right, guys? Oh, that's the, the best. Right. That's the best stuff, Marshall. Yeah. That's the best stuff, you know. So, hey, just call me an SOF, a sentimental old fool. But I figured, you know, how about we have a positive look on this? And tell a few jokes along the way, laugh together, cry together, celebrate who we are and the great awakening that's coming in. So I decided that's it. I, I brought out my new book, Win-Win, all right? And I have Planet X Forecast. These are the two books, Win-Win Survival Communities and Radio Free Earth. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm getting out there and I'm not talking about perpetual they and what. They's going to do this. That's going to do that. They going to do this. That's going to do that. Ask anybody to actually show you some hard evidence. Better yet, when you hear that from people, just ask them, how much homework did you do? And what you're going to hear is crickets. That's it. You're going to hear nobody. They just run off half, half crazy. So I put it up there for the people to understand the power of a positive attitude. Because all of this anger and rage and hate and everything that we have 
is what dark entities in multiple dimensions do. Because if they get us into a state of fear, we start to hemorrhage the life force energy that God gives us like colanders in the sink. Just the, It just drains right out of us. And what are they doing? They're just right next to us, <laughs> lapping it up. And yep. so when you're sitting there and you're getting wicked, you know, just wagged out of shape with they'll do that and this'll do this, what are you doing? You're feeding negative entities. They, they're hanging around you and they're going, boy, we got a sucker here. This cash cow is paying like a stuck a slot machine. All we got to do is give it a few hot phrases, a little bit of outrage, and bada bing, we hit a pay line. It's lunchtime. Okay, so that's how it works on the other side. And everybody's so busy feeding the dark entities, which is like a positive feedback loop, because the more energy they have, the more they're going to come back for. And then it's self-perpetuating. But if we go, hold on a sec, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep a positive attitude. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, as the old song goes. We're going to think on the positive. You know, there's a there's a great song from World War II, Decentuate the Negative, Accentuate the Positive. They understood it in World War II. Attitude is everything. And if you go negative, you're going to have negative results. You well, go that's the positive. Problem. That, that, that's yeah, the go problem ahead. With, with the people that are considered snowflakes today. They're, they are... Uh, they're so delicate that they can't handle anything like that. Um, so what you're saying, I get it. I do because I'm, I'm an old guy and mm -hmm. I remember, you know, I remember, I mean, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 53. And I remember when I was a boy, my father telling me always to see on the, on the positive side of things. But as you said, with all this fear mongering and the, the constant barragement of People telling us this, that, and the other thing concerning this virus and to stay in. I don't think, I think this, they're, they're not realizing that we need to, to get to a point where we can still function. Uh, you know, their immediate, their immediate response is run and hide and let the government pay for everything. So, yeah, a good idea. No, you're right. And uh, I see it. You see it. Um, and this is, you know, if we're going to win, we got to, it, it's, it's, the thing of it is, is you're going to have some people who are going to get it. Most will not. It's not important that everybody gets it. All right. We can have all the snowflakes we want and the snowflakes are going to have, when things get tough, the snowflakes get going somewhere else. All right. right. So they're going to fold up and they're going to, they'll self manage themselves. They're either going to wake up and act like they got a pair yeah. or they're going to go, ooh, 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 ooh. okay. So it's, it's an individual thing. But again, we got to have that positive attitude. If we're going to win this war, we're in a war. If we lose this war right now, and when I saw Flynn, and I knew he was going to get a walk, and I knew it was going to take, we were a week away. I'm following this every day. I research it. And so I did this podcast. It took me three days to produce it. And I produced it in advance of the announcement that Flynn, the DOJ, was uh, dropping the case. And I had actually finished it the day before. I thought it would take another week. So I was able to then put it up on the 7th with the you know Department of Justice announcement. 
And I thought it was important because I think Flynn is the turning point. If I were to say that in terms of we look at this as a global war, is the globalists versus the alliance? And the alliance is, is, is a right now it's an informal collection of freedom movements, national freedom movements here and in Europe, but it's also worldwide. People are part of it. You see them all over. They're posting videos. Where we go one, we go all. People are catching into this. All right. And so it comes down to there are people who are getting on board and they understand what's really happening and they know they got to get some skin in the game because if if the globalists win, we're going to be a slave species for countless generations to come and they are going to eliminate 95% of us. I'm not pulling this figure out of my behind, folks. They want 95% of us done. Georgia Guidestones keep the population under half a billion, okay? They don't say how they get there. They're setting us up for one huge eugenics event. Look what they're doing now. They're shutting down food production chains. They want to force us into immunizations. I mean, this stuff's really Orwellian, and people are seeing it. And we have got to stand up and fight this or we're going to be slaves. But what I see with Trump and the Patriots, Brexit, and the folks in France, the Yellow Jackets, is if they prevail, it's not going to be easy. But we're going to have a fighting chance to stay free. Okay? So what do you want? Certain slavery with the globalists and the Hillary Clinton sycophants and pedophiles that make up that whole godforsaken filthy mess of people? Or do you want to go with folks that after 20 years of watching their jobs go to China and not, and all they get in return is food stamps and drug dealers? And when they're not doing that, they're watching their children go to endless wars and coming back in body bags and wheelchairs. They're tired it's of astonishing. that. It, it's astonishing how much has come out in the last, oh, I guess since uh, President Trump got elected, how much of, you know, this, I don't know, just, just crazy Democrats and liberals that just shoot their mouth off or, or get in trouble. Uh, what I found was amazing was how um, th- this whole thing with Biden and the touchy-feely thing, they don't, the media doesn't, they, they just turn a blind eye. But if it was a Republican, oh, my God, you'd never hear the end of it. But, but meanwhile, we've got an accusation uh, on a candidate who is running for president and has been accused of molesting a woman, and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody, I, I, what, whatever happened to the investigation with the guy, uh, the pedophile with the island? Uh, what was his name? Um, Epstein. Help me out, Michael. Epstein, thank you. Whatever happened with him? Wasn't wasn't Clinton on that island? President Clinton, uh, ex president, wasn't he on that island? What the hell is going on with him? Nobody's investigating the things that they themselves accuse Republicans for, and yet when something happens to a Democrat, nobody does a damn thing. I don't get it. Well, I mean, it's what's going on right now is you have a. Globalist-controlled mainstream media. Now, I've done this in my articles, and you can follow it. But first off, for your audience, if you would go and just, if you want an enjoyable conversation, to laugh and cry, have a little music, and enjoy an hour of your life, it's Warp Speed Now, 
Warpspeednow.com. Warpspeednow.com. You can go to my website, marshallmasters.com. It's there. Come and listen and do me a favor. Download it, get it viral, spread it out there. I'm already getting whacked and throttled on YouTube. They're already playing with the numbers. The numbers start going up and then, boom, they trim them down. And uh, they won't let the the, uh, the positive votes. I, I'll see it go from 25, 26, 27, then back, back, back. Up, 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 back, back, back. Up, 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 back, back, back. And what you, so what are you saying? They're you playing saying the numbers. They're playing on the numbers so that people think on my 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 show, I put it up on my YouTube channel, Marshall Masters. And right. so what they're doing is they want everybody to think nobody's interested in what I have to say. Okay, so they're playing with the numbers. They suppress your play numbers and they oh. suppress your positives. And so people oh. go and they oh, they go, ah, this is just a nobody pud knocker. You could have 10,000 right. hits on that video. They're just going to show, you know, 200. Big That's brother. what they do. And I watch them. I watch how they do it. I watched with this video. I was documenting. And I just saw how in real time they're continually back throttling your numbers. So it doesn't matter. You may, they maybe they'll only give you 20 or 30 views for that day. And, you know, but then they throttle. So your thumbs up. Once your thumbs up, once there's enough volume, enough people are watching. And what actually the minders at YouTube look for most particularly, and I found is this a pattern is, are people watching or listening to your program all the way through? And if they're saying people are hanging through with the program, you definitely are singled out. I mean, if they're coming in in 10 seconds and they're out, you know, they may just even leave you alone. You're a pud knocker. But if you can hold an audience for more than 10 minutes, trust me, they will drop on you. So I'll never know exactly how many people are listening to the audio, but I sure would like, and you know, I'm not pitching anything. I'm not trying to sell a book. I'm not promoting myself. Matter of fact, in my, in my podcast, I don't even give a domain name. Okay. I just wanted to do it as a patriot and that was it. And I hope other patriots will pick it up and replay it and go on. There's no monetary interest, no monetary interest whatsoever. I'm not asking anybody to do anything except enjoy an hour of time. Right. And now with Flynn sort of being cleared, what does this mean for Mr. Roger Stone? Will he be exonerated? What do you think, Marshall? Oh, I think they're all going to be. This is it. This is like, you know, when you get a big can of sardines, you got that little key on the bottom, you take it out, stick it in the little tab, peel it right out, and there's all your fish, right? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that's what's happening here. Flynn is the key to peeling back the can. I mean, what's coming now is a wall of poop flowing downstream. You could always say, Thank uh, God America has hoarded toilet paper. You could always say the word shit, though, Marshall. It's fine here. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. Then let's look at it this way gas is $2 a gallon, and everyone's wiping their ass. America is great again. There you go. I was just thinking that today. Wow, gas is, I mean, gas is down. Boy, we must be doing pretty good. Yeah, this is ridiculous, oh, really. Lord. We've got a mutating virus on the loose, Marshall, and the Pentagon talked about UFOs again, and the public uh, didn't really give a shit about that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, right now, everyone is, what? The, what's everyone focused on right now? It's like jobs, yeah, okay? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they got cabin fever. They want to get out. Uh, this is just, I'll tell you what happened. I mean, this whole, and this is going to unfold. Ooh, la, la. We're going to have some fun in the coming weeks and months. I can't wait. Rura, ura. We are talking shit downstream, and it's headed towards the globalists, and we're going to have a shit party and campouts alongside the river of shit as we watch it flowing along with a whole lot of careers and pedophiles off into a mysterious place where it falls off the edge of the universe. Ooh, la, la. That's a shit storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. You bet. I you agree. Bet. What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? Oh, perp walks. We're going to start. Look, I'll, I, I, it's not a matter of think. Guys, I watch every, I spend at least two hours a day because I write about this. And so I'm researching this more intensively time-wise than probably most anything I've done since Planet X. All right. Because to me, it's all part of Planet X. You see, this whole thing that we're seeing, this whole godforsaken mess, this is the result of Planet X because they know it's coming. And it's real simple. This is a game, a musical game of chairs for power. And when the music stopped playing, whoever's left standing gets to sleep with the dinosaurs. It's that simple. And so it is all or nothing. If the globalists fail and the, and we, we win, we have a chance. But if the patriots fail, what's going to happen to Trump and everybody? They get power in the next election. They're going to grind to death and kill every SOB that they can see. They're going to go after Trump. They're going to destroy him, his family, his friends. We already saw what they did. They went at everybody circling him with nothing. And if they get power again, they'll do the same thing all over again, except this time there's not going to be an adult in the room who can stop this. And then that's what I'm most, most concerned about. That, that's what scares me the most. Like what's going to happen after Trump is out of office eventually? Well, I think that when Trump is out of office, um, we're going to have we have a dynasty that's coming. I'm looking at it could be uh, Jared Kushner. It could be Pence. The thing that you have to understand is that the whole alliance movement, MAGA, it is not a cult around a personality. Let me wow. repeat it. This is not a personality cult. If Trump falls, another will pick up the colors and continue the charge. Yeah, yeah, but if I may, if I may just interject for a second, before President Trump, I mean, let's face it, the Republican Party was weak. They just gave in to Democrats constantly. And in fact, it was that it was my my opinion that the Democrats and the, and the Republicans were pretty much one in the same party. It was Trump who came along from the outside to rip them a new a-hole and, and clear this swamp. Of, of political corruption that has been taking place for the last, oh my, 30 years, maybe 40. Um, I mean, let's face it, man. Uh, I didn't like the Bushes. I didn't like the Clintons. The only good president we had back in the 80s was Hello? Reagan. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't know that. Uh, so, uh, all I'm saying is that the, 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 the Republican and the Democrat party were, in my opinion, one and the same for many, many years. 
so here we got a man who comes along and says, I'm going to drain that swamp and get rid of the corruption. That's grand. That's what I've been waiting for, for like at least 30 years as an adult. But what's going to happen eventually after all these good things that are taking place with the country and the world as a result of our president Trump, what's going to happen when he's out in another four years? I mean, you know, we'll be lucky if we get another one who's just as, you know, as, as tough as, as he's been, but you know, you know, I don't, I don't really have much faith in a lot of the Republican uh, candidates, except Trump. Oh, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem because here's why. With what's going to come down, this is going to destroy the Democrat Party. And oh, it's going to be the end. And it is going to be the end of the two-party system. We're going to go to a multi-party system, which, thank you, God, that's that's good. Better would be no parties at all. I, you know, that's it. I think political yeah. parties are the, the bane of existence. But it is all these parties and you have to build coalitions. The nice thing about building coalitions is it forces transparency. And that's the problem with the two-party system is that there's both Democrats and Republicans, when they're not talking to us and giving a, feeding us bullshit, they're elbowing up at the trough and fighting each other for K Street dollars. Okay? Yeah. So, um, I think it's, you know, I just think we are going to see a collapse of the Democrat Party. I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's it's got to refine itself because when I was when I was growing up, most of my life, the Democrat Party was for the working man, the unions. I had family in Steeltown, Youngstown, Ohio. And I remember when I was 18. Family dinner, you know, family dinner, big Italian family. All yeah. the adults go into the living room where the table's set up with the pasta and the whole nine yards, and everybody's got to pontificate. And then in inside the kitchen is all the kids, and they're having food fights and spraying whipped cream on each other, right? So right. I'm been, Italian. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh man, hey, I, there you go. And so. Hey. Hey, you know, and uh, so there I am with all my Paisan relatives and I go, I registered as a libertarian. Next thing I knew, I was in the kitchen with the kids having a whipped cream fight and I stayed there for the rest of my adult life. And you know what? Probably one of the nicest things ever happened to me because the kids were a lot more fun. The adults are just trying to impress each other. And... Uh, <laughs> But it was Democrat. It was like, oh, my God, you're conservative. You're not a working man. And we're working man. And what did they do? The Democrat Party just literally walked away from their constituency. And they have two constituencies. They have the liberals in the blue states, which have which have been sheltered from the ravages of globalism enough that they didn't feel the pain of it. See, that's what they did. Okay, they want the rich people, and they want the liberals, and they want this, and they want that, and they're not going to punish them. The folks in the in the Midwest, in the flyover states, it was rape and pillage for the globalists, and those are the people that voted for Trump. And they're going to, and as long as there's somebody that's representing them, they're going to continue voting for that. But I could see. After this, I could see we'd wind up with the Republicans and the Democrats 
And then we would have maybe a Green Party, a Socialist Party, a, the Libertarian parties. It'll be easier for the other parties. They're, they're not being pushed out. They're not going to be pushed out of the uh, process like they are now. And it's not this all or nothing uh, strategy that f- favors Democrats and Republicans. It's the one thing. They hate each other so much. But the one thing they can agree on is that they need to keep hating every each other so that nothing else gets done. If we fracture the two-party system, we're going to have transparency because you're going to, you know, you get somebody like a Pelosi that gets up and Schiff and they do what they did. It's one thing for the Republicans to say that stinks. But what if we got four or five parties in Congress, including a Tea Party? I'd love to see the Tea Party come back. Oh, yeah. I would love to see the Tea Party. I'd love to see the Patriot Party. I'd like to see a Patriot Party. Okay. And so the point here is nobody is going to have a controlling percentage of everything. And it's going to work down to coalitions. And with coalitions, there's competition. And with competition comes transparency. Right. It'll be messy. Okay. It'll, you know, I mean, but right now, you know, I look at Congress and I see something that more like satanic ritualism. All right. I'll take a fight over that any day. My goodness. Now, Marshall, I read the article you released titled Why Liberals Are Blind Freaking Idiots. I must say, I- I've been enjoying a much more vocal Marshall Masters as of late. And of course, we've been talking about Joe Biden here a lot. And you opened up talking about Joe Biden like you did uh, earlier here. And, of course, it, it was with the former A, Tara Reid. And that was truly repulsive listening to that. And I'm not sure if you've heard that audio yet, by the way, uh, Marshall, of the accuser. Well, yeah, I feel sorry for this woman because it's like all of a sudden, believe the woman doesn't work anymore. That's okay? right. That's right. That's right. I mean, for God's sakes, the guy had his hand down her panties. I mean, this wasn't like, you know. I blew you a kiss 25 years ago at a class reunion and ridiculous stuff. I mean, he stuck his hands down in her panties and he did her. Okay. And like I said, like I said earlier, where is the outrage from the Democratic Party? There is none because they're a bunch of hypocritical bullshitters. Yeah, they're all. But you know what? That's what they're showing everybody they are. They're showing their true colors now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I wouldn't, um, I see good things coming. I don't see, I see for, there are going to be a lot of bad things for some people. Okay. And, you know, the hospital ships, it's interesting. The last time the hospital ships were used for a critical mission was after the Haiti in 2005. Because a whole bunch of jihadis were trying to come in with the refugees and they were being screened and captured. And guess what? They were very quietly put on, I think it was hope or mercy. And uh, because they have jailing facilities and they used, I think it was whichever one, the hope or the mercy, or maybe both to transport prisoners to Gitmo. Now, so happens We have the two ships in play, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. Golly gee, who knew? And in Gitmo, what do we got going? They have completely upgraded the whole place. That's it. They're going for the Hilton Five Stars, and 
they've renamed it, you know, Comey Island. <laughs> Comey Camp Island. Comey. <laughs> it's, it's being renamed. They're going to change it from Gitmo to Camp Comey. Right? <laughs> and they have, you know, I mean, it's like uh, the vacancy sign is lit. All right? <laughs> and they are waiting for him to come in. Now, what's coming up next, and I think we're going to start seeing it next this coming week, is we're going to have the first round of arrests. And what Q has been saying consistently for months, all right? And bear in mind, when there are things that Q will telegraph a punch and it happens, Trump will telegraph punches. It happens. And when they telegraph this stuff, other people are so busy being angry they don't hear it. They don't catch it. Of course But not. to me, it's like I'm in a poker game with the biggest yuts in the world who's got a pile of chips. He's as dumb as a sack of hammers, and I know every tell. I mean, wouldn't you love to be in a <laughs> poker game like that? Bring your mortgage money, baby. Bring it. All right? So what do we got here? All right? We got the same thing going on. All right, bring the mortgage money, baby. We the cards are going to start falling. <laughs> there are they have six slots, and the thing about Q is it's beautiful because everybody knows he's feeding disinformation because the other side's listening to him. They have to. You see what happened was when Trump and the Patriots took office, they inherited the deep state underverse. Now, yeah. I know this. I worked in Internet technologies before I got into all this in the 1990s. Actually, I was in the computer business for 25 years. And in the 90s, I worked on all of the technology we're using today. And let me give you something interesting about we think one gigabit Ethernet today is hot stuff, right? In the 90s, when I was working on this at Hewlett Packard, AT&T, you know, you name it, Sun Microsystems, Oracle, all these guys who are working on all this stuff. But at Hewlett Packard, I was working on it, on gigabit Ethernet, and also wireless as well, and Bluetooth. But one gigabit Ethernet today is a standard. And what every engineer at Hewlett Packard knew, and it just gored their ox. They couldn't stand it. It drove them absolutely insanely crazy. Everything we do is in packets. The packets have the header, and the header controls the flow. And there is one binary option in the gigabit Ethernet header. It's a one or a zero. And if it's set to zero... It's one gigabit Ethernet. And if it's set to one, it's 10 gigabit Ethernet. I knew in the 90s, we have 10 gigabit Ethernet, but they throttled it down to one because they couldn't build anything fast enough to support that. And besides, when they do come out with 10 gigabit, then we all got to buy new shit, right? <laughs> I, oh, it has, that, already, that already happens like every six, six months to a year. Every time yeah. I get something, it's outdated. I feel like I'm on a dinosaur. That's right. You know, why is it we're all the last to know? And so it goes that way. Now, but, but the point here is that with what we're doing today, Internet technologies, freedom, getting it out there, I see the technology. I see how it's being used. And the underverse, and I want to explain to you guys exactly how they hack everybody. Because I'll tell you, 
I speak to a lot of radio hosts. And you, I hear the wails and lamenting. I am not alone. What's happening to me is happening to them. And it's an awful thing. It's called the diminishing. That's the phrase we use now, the diminishing. And what is it about? You, When they want to silence you, the first thing they do is go to your livelihood. Then the second thing they're going to do is go at everyone that's close to you. And then when they go at you, that's when you eat a bullet. So... Those are the rules, guys. Okay, I'm not joking. Those are the goddamn rules. They come for the money, they come for what you love, and then after that, they come for you. And they've been doing it stage one and stage two to me for years, so I know exactly how they do it. Are you still being harassed, <laughs> Marshall? Is that what you're telling me? The last time we talked, actually, um, you, you know mentioned what your I website. Did? Uh, I did is when I did this, uh, my Warp Speed Now, my first podcast. Right. All right. It's what I call a tar baby. A defense. tar baby. <laughs> it's a tar baby defense. Let me explain. <laughs> it's when they're attacking you and they got spin meisters out there and they're all posting and just smearing the hell out of you and telling everybody, you know, you, you smell like you should use underarm deodorant all over your body. Wow. I mean, it's like, you know, wow. they really do it. <laughs> When they're finished, I mean, no one, when they're finished smearing you, nobody wants to know you. Hell, they don't even want to invite you to funerals anymore. And so it's just totally awful. And that's what they do. And they smear you. So if I get on the air and I'm saying this is what they're doing to me, the deep state operatives are going, yeah, yippee, yippee, yippee. We did it. We did it. We did it. He's bleeding. He's hurting. Ooh, la, la. That's great. They're having a good time. Okay. You know, let's smear it. Okay. And what I did is I put out this audio and in there, I am actually really, I am revealing exactly what we have to do to really kick their goddamn asses. And it's really simple. And they don't want that information out there. See, that's what they don't want. They don't want anything that talks about how they do the dirt they do. And they don't want anything that attacks it and exposes it. And so when I put up, when I put that up, it's a tar baby. Why do I call it a tar baby? Because this world of dealing with this is kind of like a schoolyard bully. Bully goes around, bad talks you, and everybody is going to come to see an ass whooping, right? Everybody wants right. to see an ass whooping. Is sure. anyone going to step up and say, why are you beating up on that nice guy? You know, and guess who's going to do it? It's the little girl that's four foot tall that's going to do it, right? The guys that are six foot tall are going to be, oh boy, it's an ass whooping. Get some. We want to see it. Blood. Blood <laughs> makes the grass grow. You know, they're out. And you got a four foot girl going, that's really bad what you're doing to this guy. Okay. So to all the four foot gals out there in the world, I love you. You got the chutzpah to do it. All right. But still the same. It's schoolyard politics. Everybody wants to see an ass whooping. And what happens on the Internet is that's when they, they want to go see. Well, let's see who this guy is that's getting an ass whooping. And then they come to my website to see who's getting the ass whooping. And then they start reading and they go, no, this guy's really honest. He's, he's trying to do something useful and constructive here. He's really got the greater good in mind. And you know what? Nobody has built my audience for me better than the globalists. Because every time I've used a tar baby, my audience goes bigger. 
And it's a tar baby. So it's always the same strategy with them. They kick my ass and kick my ass and do everything illegal. And finally, I do a tar baby. I get a little bit of relief. Then after a while, they come back and they start kicking my ass again. All right. Except this time, I'm hoping Trump finishes the job so there's nobody to kick my ass again. All right. Hell yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm just uh, wondering if I could start using the term tar baby now. Yeah, and it's a tar baby defense because they don't want people to see. I and the, if you listen to this audio that I did, this podcast, all right, and I call it the Great War to End All Slavery, because fellas, that's what's really happened. It's to end all slavery. We have more slaves on the world than ever in the history of humankind. Women and children being trafficked. I mean, it is just, it is sickening. And if we can get rid of the people who are doing this, we're going to go a huge way to cleaning up the rest of the world. So basically you you want to overthrow the government then, Marshall? No, absolutely not. Well, they're the ones implementing this, though, Marshall. I think that kind of talk is wrong. Well, I mean, that's what you're implying. I think that kind of talk is wrong, and I'm going to explain why. Go ahead. We're what it we're not if we get divided and we're and fighting the government, that only divides us every time we're mad, angry, pissing all over each other. Who wins? The globalists and the dark entities. All right. That's that's who's winning. It's always when we go to the negative, they're already always winning. And what I did with this is I said our secret is we go to the positive. Because if you're in a positive state of mind, it doesn't mean you're not doing things that are scaring the hell out of you. You are. You know, in the early days after World War II, a lot of good Americans knew they were walking right into a buzzsaw because we were nowhere near prepared for that war, and they did it anyway. That's why they were the greatest generation. There was not a damn snowflake in a lot of them, I'll tell you that. Absolutely we had to depend on snowflakes today to fight someone like an Adolf Hitler, we'd all be goose-stepping. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You got That's right. And so you got to, uh, it's, it, it, it has got to pull together. And so Mr. Masters, that's what I want. I, I got a to question do. for you, Mr. Masters. And we got to work together. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you, can you be, can you specify when you say uh, the world has never had so much slavery? Can you define what that term means for, for us and the audience? If you're a child, yeah, if you're a child and you're being raped and murdered for adrenochrome, that's slavery. If you're a woman having to sleep with countless men all day long and you don't have a choice, that's slavery. I get it. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. That to me is, 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 you know, we're, 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 our women and our children what's happening to them and it is thoroughly disgusting and we're going to see more of it and with epstein island epstein's worth 10 times more to his dead than he is alive Why i'm serious yeah it's really interesting because that the uh, media has... of lo- because ever since that they've been collecting all the evidence that they're using to investigate everybody else and oh. what is the predicate for getting the evidence The predicate is the crime Epstein Epstein created, what he he did that got him arrested. So the predicate is valid even though Epstein is dead. But with Epstein dead, what the government has 
is the mother of all mother loads, total windfall, because the globalists can't hire a whole bunch of Washington lawyers in a phalanx to drag that whole evidence acquisition process down into the mud so that it would take decades. And by that time, everyone's lost interest and moved on. With Epstein dead, there's no phalanx of deep state lawyers to prevent the hemorrhage. And the government right now is pulling together one hell of a lot of information at about as fast as they can do it. That's the advantage of a dead Epstein. No lawyers to block the process. So trust me, there has been a real feeding frenzy and they're going to have a lot of fun with it because Epstein liked to record to tape, not digital. Tape, aha, uh -huh, you can bet that. Experts can, you betcha. Yeah, it's interesting how quickly so, the, the the media moved on uh, from Jeffrey Epstein, really. It's quite fascinating how quickly the media just sort of, they didn't even really even cover it uh, too well, in my opinion. Hardly. Well, the media is controlled. The media is controlled by them. All right. The, the, the media is an active arm of the globalist state. And that's what people don't understand. The, the patriots have the underverse. They have the ability to see everything, hear everything. And guess what, Bunky? Thiza works both ways. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so big thighs on you too. All right. That's it. They can tap into everything. They got the most fantastic spying tools ever developed since the KGB and Stasi. I bet the Soviets would have given their left anything to have this kind of technology. Sure. All right. And not to mention the Stasi or any other fascist thugs. So the Patriots have this. And what are they doing? They're using FISA to go out and harvest. So everybody thinks they're just getting an ass whooping. No, they're gathering. Gathering, gathering. And when the time is finished for gathering, then it comes to the cogitating and then proceeds to go into stage three, serious goddamn ass whooping. And we're about to go into stage three, serious goddamn ass whooping. It's going to be a reckoning, fellas. I'll tell you, Mr. Masters, I, I've been waiting all my life. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not so much when I was a boy or a teenager or even in my early 20s. I wasn't very political, but as I've gotten older, I've begun, especially after 9-11, I really began to, to pay attention to the to the media and, and politics and that sort of thing. But I learned quickly that I saw too much corruption. And there was a point in time where I just gave up voting because, and mind you, mind you, for 26 years of my life, I was a politically correct, liberal Democrat. Don't fall off your chair. I tell you that, but it's true. Um, 26 years. And uh, you know, but I, I got to be honest, I wasn't a, a like the politically correct liberal de Democrats that are out today. I wasn't like that. I never, ever destroyed things or put down veterans or, or anything like that. I, I tried to do things as nice, as responsible as I could. I took things into my own hands and tried to be a responsible citizen. I didn't blame anybody for anything unless it was proven that it was somebody else's fault. And then I saw how by the time uh, Hussein Obama became uh, president, 
and I saw the things that were happening through him, I I felt like cash. I felt like here I am, the, the Caucasian, you know, the evil white guy who who uh, you know can't do anything right and has racism in his DNA. A great offense to that, and and I just wanted to see a, a politician come up, or at least a candidate come up and and flatten things out. And I firmly believe that is what Donald Trump. The president of our country has been doing since he got into office. So I praise him. I am I am fully behind him. I don't agree with everything he says or does, but I, I have to admit you got you gotta give credit where credit is due. And I admit he's done a lot of good things for this country. I just want to see things get back to a normal, respectful America. And we can't do it with people like Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer, Shifty Shift. And all those those hypocritical maniacs on the Democratic side. I agree. And I would also, I'd like to see the Democratic Party find itself again. And Would be nice. I, I would like to see it. You know, what's that one gal? She was um, the, uh, the pilot and uh, the one that got smeared by Clinton. Gosh, sorry about it. But I, I liked her. I didn't agree with her views, but I liked her. And... If we have a chance to see that, I mean, I would like to see the Democrat Party come back. I'd like, you know, for there be a party that once again has the identity of the working man and woman. The Republicans aren't that. They've been, I don't you know, think let's, happen. no, I, I, it, it would have to be another party. I mean, that's the reason why I want to see it doesn't. What we want is what what I want to see are more parties. I want to see more political parties. And I want us to look, we're going to solve this problem. The country has this satanic virus running through its veins. And we're not going to get rid of it by fighting each other. It's going to be good people inside of government and good people outside of government pulling together to do the right thing. That's how we win this. All right. And there's a lot of good people in government. Let's not be so foolish as to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And you, do you know the history of that saying, by the way? Very interesting. It's an old saying from Europe. See, in Europe, during the winter, nobody bathed because you were, uh, you know, you, you were freezing your tukas off. And then comes spring. I'm sorry, you can't, you can't say that on the radio. Sorry, you can't say tukas. Sorry. I can't say tukas? No, you have to use the word ass. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. Oh, well, guys, on, I, Masters. You're overstepping right. your boundaries. Mea culpa. I, have, I offended sensibilities. Mea culpa. <laughs> there you go. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, oh, no, I'm having fun, guys. This is it. The pizza's coming, by the way. Anyway. Okay, good. <laughs> so here's where this thing started up. Back in Europe, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's it through the winter and they're freezing their asses off. I mean, it used to be, you know, you'd put your thermals on here in the West and you'd put them on, you know, in the fall and take them off in the, in the spring. And so by the time it came to the first bath of the year, you were, let's, let's say you were pretty ripe. At that point, yeah. you know, they had one I thing think. going for them. When you smell that bad, even mosquitoes don't want anything with you. 
And <laughs> so what they would do is they would heat up the water in a big bat. You know, they'd have a basin, pull it out, fill it up with hot water. And then the family would go in order of age, start with dad, he'd wash, then mom would wash. And finally, it was all the way down to the baby. By the time it came to the baby, the water was pitch black. It was like washing the kid in ink, you know? A tar baby. And so, literally, the the baby could disappear in the black water, and people would throw, and what you did is when they would throw the pans, they would just throw it out into the street because there was a sewer in the middle of the street. So that's what they did, you know, and if you're walking underneath it, why do you think we invented umbrellas? What, for rain? Anyway, so that was... <laughs> That was where this came from, because the water was so black, the baby's in the water, you throw out the pan, and if the baby's still in the pan, you didn't see the baby, next thing you know, you know, someone out on the street, hey, is this your kid, you know, hey, okay? Is this your baby? <laughs> yeah, this is your baby, you know? So anyway, you know, could you get your kid out of my watermelons, please? And... <laughs> Now, so that's where the expression throwing the baby out with the bathwater comes from. But what we have to do, guys, is there are people that, and they are sacrificing so much, and they're on the inside and they're on the outside of government, and that's what we have to do. Forget the, forget the labels. Forget the labels. Everything we know about labels is wrong. Look for the good. I, I just think that I just think that the Democratic Party has taken a hard left turn. And I think that with the constant, uh, with, with kids in grammar school, high school, uh, college, universities, they're all being taught by a lot of radical left-wing professors and teachers. And I think that you're, you know, they're, 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 they're taking the younger generation and filling them with these ideas that, you know, a lot of our history is bad. You know, they're trying to like say that, you know, they want to erase everything that had to slavery, mainly because they were part of it, the Democratic Party, um, you know, having invented the KKK, so on and so forth. So they try to eliminate all that. So my point is, I don't think that the newer, younger generation um, is going to well, I shouldn't say not all of them. There's a good large portion, I believe, that won't be able to fall into a normal Democratic Party or a normal being a normal liberal or normal political correctness. It's all completely gotten out of hand, in my personal opinion. It's nothing new, though. That's been going on for many, many years. You think so? Well, what do you call the um, what do you call Timothy Leary and what he was doing back in the day? This goes back to the well, Aquarius movement. This goes back to, you know, the, the time in the 60s. Oh, I agree. In fact, as a matter of it's fact, all been I, radical. I think it was, I think Nothing it new. was the 60s. I think it was the 60s that really began to give more problems to the country. Sure. I mean, before the 60s and before the drug era, mm -hmm. uh, and before the hippies, basically, you had patriots in this country. You had people, who, uh, you know, for after 20 years of, of, of the uh, uh, of, of um, World War II, after it ended, Everybody was still like, you know, gung-ho, America, number one, Yahoo, 
And then the 60s come and they're burning flags and spitting on soldiers coming back from the uh, 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 Vietnam. I mean, it just seems to me that the 60s was the uh, the root of Yeah, would you say that was the uh, tipping point, Mike? Yes, yes, thank you. I was looking for a good word. Thanks for backing me up on that. Um, yeah, so I, I think it was the, the 60s and the radical uh, hippie movement with the drug use and the uh, embracing communism. I think that's, just, that's where we kind of went wrong. Well, I can agree with you on that. But You know what, guys? Mm-hmm. I was in college then, I'm, and uh, in 71, I enlisted in the National Guard. And when I was in high school and uh, was a medic. And I went to college, uh, and it was really hard being in the National Guard and going to college. Right. uh, Because, believe it or not, we had to wear short hair wigs back there, (laughs) unless you looked like, you know, Joe Butch on campus. And it really, you know, when you had a military-style haircut, you know, that was really bad. So it was short hair wigs. Literally, you stuff your hair up in it, and and we looked comical. But, you know, it was National Guard. Who cares? You were wearing right? a powdered wig, and, um, Marshall. Huh? I said you were wearing a powdered wig. Not not a powdered wig. Oh, okay. A short hair. It, it was, it, it was, was called confused. a short hair wig. I was confused there. And what they do is you get a wig, and then they would trim it real short so it looked like a military style. Oh, and then okay. you take your big pile of hair on your head, and you'd punk it down, and then you'd put this wig on. And so you looked a little look like a cone head, but your hair wasn't over your ears. And that's all you needed so you didn't have problems with your National Guard unit. So during the week, I went to school, and I looked kind of like the other guys. And on the weekends, I looked like a pumpkin head going to National Guard. But that was okay because during the war, National Guard didn't have any money. So it was real simple. You know, the sergeant would get everybody together and say, hey, guys, we're going to do interesting things. Then they dismiss. And what do you do? Everybody sleep under trucks, wait for lunch, go back under the trucks. And then at the end of the weekend, the sergeant would say, you did a great job. See you next month. Okay. So that's the way it was back then. Understood. I thought you were having like a Bruce Jenner uh, moment there, Marshall. Huh? (laughs) Oh, my God. I had an age moment. This is it. If you guys are keeping score, I'm really screwed. I've gone from sentimental old fool to inflated sensibilities offender. And now this. And now cross-dressing. Amazing. Sorry about that, Marshall. I was confused. It's okay. I never thought of it that way. I'm never going to tell this story again. You're going to have to keep that one quiet, Marshall. I'm never going to tell this one again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, National Guard cross-dressing, that's what we did. Oh, my. But I remember back then, you know, how when I was a kid growing up, uh, 90% of marriages worked. Not all of them were particularly happy, but marriages worked. Um, and back then, you know, it was before Roe versus Wade. It was before the pill. So the rule was, you know, you screw, you pay. <laughs> That's it. You get her knocked up, you got her marry her. That's most and women. That was, you know, those were the rules then. No, well, that's most and women, so, uh, Marshall, by the way. That's a universal rule now. That's, oh, if you screw, you pay? That's right. There's no free rides now, Marshall. Get women at child supporting you there. I'm not a Democrat. Oh, my God. You're not a Democrat. <laughs> I'm going to re-re-register right now. <laughs> oh, you know, boy. I, I, only if, they if get I a pass. Inter- 
if I may just back for a moment, you know, you about how back in uh, the 50s and 60s and marriages, you know, they together, whether they worked or not on that. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with happened in the last 10 to 20 years. Um, there are a lot of men and women who have claimed they're coming out, uh, being homosexual in whatever manner they, they choose to be. But I, it is my firm belief that years ago, uh, before the, the, the 70s and 80s, that if a man, say for, for a man, I'll, I'll speak for myself, I speak for any women, but if a man was gay or had homosexuals and he was married, and he had a, he had children or a child. It is my, you know, if it was. You're starting to the cut off there, Mike. By the way, I'm uh, breaking up. Yeah, can't be anything. Can't be my on the cell phone. It's probably your Wi-Fi. You yeah, you're you're breaking uh, up there on us. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, yeah. it, 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 should I continue or? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Fire away. I'll make it short. Look, all I'm saying is that I think I think that. For a man who may have been homosexual for the 70s, uh, they remained in the marriage only because they did what they had to do to procreate with ice. I mean, there were still family of that. Even if a man did find himself to be gay, uh, at least he carried out his duties as a family man. I think that's where we've lost that in um, in America today. I think too many, it's important that they don't don't um, have uh, we're not well, look guys this is a I'm going to be frank uh, this is an awful time to be born a male in this country this is the worst time to be born a male in the history of the United States because we look at the stats you've probably got a 25% chance that you're going to have a mother and a father and a 10% chance that they're worth having. And so for the other 90%, it's a disadvantage. Because if you're from dysfunctional homes or single-parent homes, the kids that have a mom and dad at home that are pulling together and they're working together, they have the advantage. And I think that's really sad. I think everybody, this country is a land of opportunity. And... To me, it's so sad that we've done more as a society to destroy the institution of marriage than anything else. Now, I will tell you, yeah. when I, I went through college, I was a wedding photographer. I photographed over 150 weddings over a course of four years. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. And I will tell you that over half of all the weddings I photographed failed within the first year. And many of them within the first month or, and even week. I would photograph weddings and, you know, you see the, the bride and groom fighting for the keys to the car in the parking lot. You know, <clears throat> this one's not going to work, fellas. You know, <laughs> uh, don't start the countdown on the watch. Uh, and I saw myself as part of a dual industry that was beginning to take shape at that time in the 70s. And it was replacing. See, what we did was we destroyed. There was a time when if you, you got a divorce, you had to show cause. It wasn't no fault. You had to go in and you were held accountable for your behavior. Today, 
You can cheat on your spouse. You can do anything you want. And you walk into a court innocent as a babe, and then you can take and, you know, get yourself a divorce lawyer that cleans his or her teeth with a chainsaw to go after your spouse and destroy him. And the legal system did that. So they took away accountability. They took away reason with the pill. And so after that, the fabric I watched, I lived through watching the fabric of society being shredded. And so now boys are growing up and they don't know how to be men. They don't know how to be fathers. They don't know how to be husbands. And the worst thing is women are going, I remember women, I am woman, hear me roar. I thought that was great because back then growing up, my mom was a single working mom. And every time some son of a bitch took advantage of her, shit rolls downhill. I know what it's like to be on the receiving end. So when I saw women's lib come out as a kid, I'm going, yeah, yeah, this is it. But what happened? We went from I am woman, hear me roar to I am victim, hear me whine. Right. Yep. And not only that is that these stupid women never experienced what my mother went through. Now, Marshall, okay. I, I, now, Marshall, I do have a point of contention this here is like really quickly with you. Victimizing. I, I do have to chime in really quickly here. Uh, in yeah. terms of uh, divorce, you say that it's like a terrible thing, but in my mind, I think it's a beautiful thing because you get your freedom back from the banshee that you were married to to begin with. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Yeah, you know. Okay, just my opinion, of course. Just my opinion. An old dear friend of mine was a Methodist minister, and one day I actually heard him with one of his parishioners. And the guy sat down and he said, you know, my girlfriend's really pushing me. She wants to get married. I don't know what to do. What should I do? And he looked at her and he said, you're really not sure? And he said, no, I'm not sure. He says, well, let me tell you, you don't have to get married. There's an easier way to deal with this. And he said, really? He says, yeah, build the house of your dreams and give it to someone who hates your goddamn guts. That's not really the answer I was expecting. I thought you were going to say to uh, maybe throw her uh, off a dock somewhere. No, no. He just said build a beautiful house and then give it to somebody that hates you. You know, that's it. And uh, that's a very different so way of dealing with things. And I would down to the, the courts <laughs> said, look, there's no more personal responsibility. It's inconvenient. You know why the state and for a long time. Deadbeat dads was the normal. My mother could never. She took my father, and he was a deadbeat. She every time he, she took him in, he'd say, "Oh, your honor, let you want you, and then oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> for you. Oh, for Bill. Oh, oh, and then mom would get bupkis, and we'd get screwed. Really? Okay. Yeah, so that's the way it was. And wow. then, you know the reason why there's no more deadbeat dads and why the courts are enforcing it? Well, not hold- because they all of a sudden said, gee, maybe what we're doing is not terribly ethical. No, it's always about the money. Because what happened was they're looking at the governments are going, oh, my God, we have no fault. Dead Pete dads. And what do we have? We're shelling out more in welfare and food stamps than we can afford. So now we need to put the crunch on the dads. By the way, uh, Marshall, I'm going to ask you, you know, Marshall, I got to jump in here. You know, you never told me about your father before. Yeah. Yeah. You never talked to me about that or on the show for that matter. So you were raised by a single mother and dad was not in the picture. Is that correct? 
Yeah. To, well, cer- no, to a that certain degree. In the picture. To a certain degree, uh, yes. I don't talk about him because if you can't say anything good, why bother? You know? I, I understand that. Uh, I understand that. But don't, but don't you feel that you should perhaps forgive your father? I always forgive the dead. Uh, so you forgive your father. Is that a no? No, I forgave oh, you for, my you father. For, oh, you forgave him. When okay. he died. Okay. I always uh, forgive when they die. Oh, yeah. oh, when he died, not before he died. Yes. No. Do you never try to make any contact with them at all, or what was going on, Marshall? No. 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 My mother was fantastic, you know? I mean, when it well, came to sure. her father, sure. I think, you know, when it came to my father, I was hiding behind a hydrant, you know, fire hydrant taking a pee when he got assigned. I don't know. I it wasn't see. so good. But I had a fantastic mom. I had the best mom in the world. She was totally amazing. She was amazing what she did. Women do amazing things. They're really, guys really underestimate them. I understand and, that. I understand that uh, tenfold. Yeah. Uh, did your mom tell yeah. you what negative things about your father? No, actually, my mother always felt guilty about the divorce. I didn't feel guilty. I was nine years old, and I was on my bicycle following him to where he went to go cheat with his girlfriend. Mm, okay. Okay. Oh. I see. So, you know, it was one of those numbers. Understood. But understood. mom always felt guilty. It was like, she was always pushing, you know, go be with your father. Go be with your father. I'm, this guy's a schmuck. I don't want to be with him. Oh, I, I see. So you, you were trying to have a relationship with your father, indeed. I didn't want He was a schmuck. I didn't want okay. to have a relationship. Understood. Tried over the years. We did it on and off, on and off. But a schmuck is a schmuck. He's still your dad. He's still your dad, though. You know, he's a mother schmucker. Sure, sure. But the man is still the man is still your father, though. You know, uh, Marshall, you're still his son. Hey, I only got one question about this. Okay, is there a billing code here? (laughs) Billing code. You guys are psychoanalyzing me. Oh well, that's my job. (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna send you a bill. We're gonna send you a bill. Yeah, fifty dollars an hour. (laughs) <laughs> you hear that, Blue Cross? <laughs> well, I mean, this was an important. Uh, this was an important topic, though. I mean, I never knew this about you, Marshall. Uh, learning uh, these facts about your trials and tribulations growing up, I can understand how that must have been for you growing up, having that sort of um, environment at the time. And I'm sure you you did have some sort of resentment towards your father growing up. But as long as you have forgiven him, you're still his son. You're still his baby boy, Marshall, no matter what. Excuse me while I shed a single tear. There you go, Marshall. No. Let it out. <laughs> Play the world's I smallest mean, violin. Like, this is, this is, you know, no, no. I mean, it's like, I don't deny he's my father. All right. He just was, a, he was a very unhappy man. He didn't like the way his life turned out. And he decided the only way to feel good about it was to abuse everybody else around him. Oh my. So he was an abusive personality. All right. And you know, I understand. It, yeah, I yeah. understand what people go through. They have abuse of, in families. Yeah. You know, guys, I talk about in my book, win-win survival communities. All right. And we're going into a cataclysm and everybody's going in and you're going to set up a community and you're going to have people coming into that community. And one of the first things you're going to have to do is expect that one out of four children coming into that community have been emotionally or physically or both abused. And they're really going to have hard times. That's how pervasive this is. This perversion, it's all over the place. There's so many. And if they're, uh, they haven't been abused, they're going to be totally clueless is what it takes to survive because they're so used to being in their consumer bubble kumbaya world. 
Right. And that's the reason why in win-win survival communities, I say at least one third of your community needs to be veterans and first responders. Those people understand the difference between right and wrong and what it takes to stay free. And they'll get it done. And that's the way it is. I'll give you a good, and I illustrated this in my book, Win-Win Survival Communities, because I, it took me over five years of research to write this book. And we were looking at how do we develop a community of people? We pull them together. And so I started study groups and we would have, when somebody wanted to come in and participate in the study group, we had a screening test and we gave them a scenario. Now here's the scenario. It is well into a 10 year tribulation. Most of the dying is done. You have a community of about 100, 150 people. You're barricaded, you're safe, and you know there's a lot of nasties around you, and they are lusting after what you have. They want your food, they want your women, and they're looking for any way they can get get their hands on it. And now you have somebody in your community, and, and it's been with you for a while, but they go batty. You know, under pressure, people crack, and they go batty. And this guy goes batty and says, I am like a god to you, and you don't worship me, and you have to make me the leader, and I need to be acknowledged and all that. And if you're not going to do that, to hell with you. I'm going to go somewhere and start my own community, and you can kiss my butt. And he's going to go, and he's, you know, you say, well, let's. you're trying to work it out. You're trying to work it out, and then you discover he tried to sneak out with a bunch of supplies. Now your security people are holding him. You're the leader of the community. And you have tried reasoning with this man time and again, and nobody can. You can't. And he wants to leave. He wants to walk out. And there's nothing you can do to stop him. And if you try and arrest him, you're going to have to take productive members of the community out of the farms and put them in to a facility where you're doing that. So now for every two people you pull off the line, you got to feed four. And you're going to have a drain. And of course, there's no guarantees not going to get out and do it. So you're now the leader and it's finally come down to what are you going to do? Now, I'll tell you the difference between liberals and snowflakes and veterans and inline and uh, first responders. Veterans and first responders all just immediately answered the same thing. I'm not going to let him go out there with that much intelligence about our defenses, our weaponry and what we're capable of with that much anger so that he walks right into the hands of all of these bands of ne'er-do-wells that want to get into us. And we know that it's not going to take long after they start blowtorching his bottom of his feet with propane and he starts singing like a canary. And then the next thing you know, your people are dying and you're close to losing your community. And so what did veterans and first responders say? terminate with extreme prejudice. In other words, just take them out and kill them. Yep. Okay. You know what the liberals and the snowflakes would do? They would always oh, say, oh. they would always say, he has a right to choose. It's his right to choose. Right. You must respect it. And then I'd say, right. so he goes out, he gets captured. They burn his feet off with propane torch. He talks. And next thing you know, women around you that you know, men that are around you that know, they're burying their loved ones. And it's all because you gave this guy the right to choose. Right. What are you going to tell them? Happens and they say, 
They just simply say, I'm sorry, but your loss is unfortunate, but it's necessary because we have to have choice. All right. And then, and they didn't care if it meant giving this guy choice and, and half the people in your community are slaughtered, women and children butchered, murdered and raped to yeah. give this guy a choice. They couldn't see that. They were no. blind to it because for them, there was only one criteria, the choice. You know what would change their minds was I said, I, all right, I, I, here's a new caveat. When you join the community, you signed an agreement that stipulated you cannot do this. And if you do, the leadership can terminate you with extreme prejudice. And every one of them happily said, oh, if he signed that, yeah, kill the son of a bitch. That was it. If he said, I agree to this, and they could see that, and there was no, you know, that was it. All on him. I could I could have my moral values and still be not associated with this. And it was like, yeah, kill the bastard. That's this mental you know, hypocrisy. But it's programming. This is what we're programmed to think. And right now, we're in the middle of the Great Awakening, and it means we're being deprogrammed. We're waking up and going... Oh, this isn't Kansas anymore. See, this is what I was talking about before with the with the constant um, uh, being taught in school that uh, everybody needs to be given this fair chance. And if you are guilty of horrific crimes, that corporal punishment, uh, capital punishment is not uh, acceptable. And I disagree with that 100 percent because that's not how I mean, not to sound like I'm some, you know, psychopathic murderer or, or, or psychotic nutcase. But look, let's face it. If somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer comes out, kills people, eats them, does horrific, horrible things, rapes, steals and beats people who are innocent uh, or kills them, that person should be killed. I don't want taxpayer dollars supporting this POS just because he has a right as a human being. No, he killed other people. He raped people. He he he, he beat and murdered innocent people. Kill the guy. Take him down. Get him out of society. Yeah, sounds like you're a get a rope Democrat. I am a pistol <laughs> My goodness. Well, Marshall, I hate to do this, but we are I love it. I love it. coming up on a close here, though, Marshall. And, you know, I do want to thank you very much for being a part of the program. Uh, time just flew by, and I appreciate yeah. you uh, hanging out with us here. Yeah let's, yeah, let's do it again. It was fun. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we will have right. to do this again in the near future, Marshall. Once again, please uh, plug anything you'd like. Uh, your website is yowusa.com, and uh, listeners can get the book, Win-Win Survival Communities. Uh, Marshall, take it away. The floor is yours. Please go and listen to my podcast. If you enjoyed this tonight, because we were really on the upbeat, all right? Yeah, we've been carping and complaining, but carping and complaining is fun, too. But... Uh, <laughs> I want you to go listen to it because there's, I, I tell you what we got to do to really put the zots on these globalists. So it's warpspeednow.com, warpspeednow.com, and go listen to it. It's a one-hour program, and Warp Speed Now, that'll take you to my main site, yowza.com, y-o-w-u-s-a.com, which is also marshallmasters.com. But enjoy it, and like I said, I don't pitch a book. I don't even, in that audio, I don't even give you any information on how to find me. I just did this one for love. For the love of the game. Well, 
for the love of the game, but it's also I wanted to acknowledge the Patriots, the Patriots, the folks okay. the I wanted to celebrate the people that are out there on the front line. We're in a silent war that's about to that is now going to get very, very noisy. And there's a lot of good people. I've been seeing these people and I wanted to recognize them and I wanted them to know they're not alone and that we're all pulling together. And so it was I did this for morale, support, but also to share with people a very essential strategy that each and every one of us can use to pull our share, to get some skin in the game so that humanity is free. We're free to love our children. We're filled free to build our dreams. We're free to have a life. That's the freedom I'm freedom. talking about. Freedom. Freedom in this country. Yep. That's right. Yep. Not the freedom to choose between whichever MSM channel you want your propaganda from. And okay. by the way, as a former CNN science feature producer, I was there. I worked with them when Turner ran it. I look at CNN today. What I see is sedition. And I think they're going to get nailed. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah so we'll let's leave our, it on that. We'll keep our fingers uh, crossed. And, of course, you can go to Marshall's website, yowusa.com, and look up Marshall's podcast right there. Or uh, go to YouTube, and you can find Marshall's podcast. I believe you could just type in uh, your name, and most likely it'll pop up first, Marshall. All right. Well, excellent. Oh, yes. Once yeah, again, Marshall. Thanks, thanks for being with us. Sir. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's no cool. I enjoyed it. Clockwise, it's always an honor and pleasure to have you here, Marshall, and we shall dance again in the future. Hoorah! You got it, brother. Take care. Hoorah! Okay. Take care. Good night. Take care. And there he goes, Mr. Marshall Masters, his website, yowusa.com, once again, in case you didn't hear it the first time. And what's going on, uh, Mike? Did you, um, are, wow. you, are you comfortable there on the phone, by the way? I mean, when you ask that question, do you mean am I comfortable where I'm sitting or am I comfortable talking through my cell phone yeah, well, in order both. to do this interview? Well, both. Well, I'm, you hanging I'm in there? goddamn pissed off. I'm goddamn pissed off because I've been having nothing but electronic problems. Oh, I know. I have begun this show, and it's really kicking me off. It's pretty annoying, right? Yeah, I'm I real sorry to anybody out there. I'm sorry to you, and I'm sorry it, to the listeners. It happens, if, so. I, if I've had... Yeah, but I don't want it to happen. This is... I'm doing a show with you. This shouldn't be happening. and I, I, I just can't seem to get my act together. We might, have to, uh, we might have to tar and feather you, Mike. Please. It might be an improvement compared to the damn computer and the internet and the cell phone and the microphone cable <laughs> and all the shit I've been dealing with since uh, the beginning of this show. Uh, I should say the beginning of me working with you on this show. Well, that happens, though, Mike. You know, nothing ever yeah, goes as planned. Much, brother. I think it's because Jesus. you need Je you need Jesus in your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh I think I, I, think, only, I think only if you prayed, your Mike, healing. your computer yes. would work. Uh, the USB mic would work. Everything would be amazing. I just, think, it, I take I just think you need to pray more, I Mike. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It's sure. mine. It's a little bit I of thank a you and pray. positivity is all you need, Mike. You know, if you were just more positive yeah. and wished for the mic uh, to work properly, perhaps it would it would uh, function the way it should. 
you know, the sad thing about all of what you're saying I mean, is you're probably yes. right. And I consider not my own body. You just yes. need to think of Jesus, Mike, next time. I consider not symptoms in my sure. body. I consider not symptoms. You've got to think of uh, Kenneth Copeland. only that which God has promised. Only, only that, that which God, which God has Only that what the Word has said. Only that, that what the Word And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the dead. Devil's trying to get That's me the right. flu, or whatever else kind of thing he's trying. That yeah. thing, uh, whatever, else. whatever. <laughs> Heal and well. Yes. Here he goes, Mike. In the sweet name of Jesus. He's going crazy. <laughs> Here he goes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There he goes. Hallelujah. I'm healed after that. I don't know about you boys out there, but I'm feeling uh, oh, like um, coronavirus free all over. <laughs> You know, I don't know what it was about Marshall, but as soon as I heard the whole divorce thing is not good, I thought, fuck that. I mean, getting your freedom back, I mean, that's that's uh, plenty vital to me. I mean, that's important to me. If you can't sort of cut off the, that old ball and chain, it's like, why, 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 why did you even get married to begin with? I mean, that's the uh, that's the second right. the second great escape, really. Divorce. What a wonderful thing. Right. It's not a bad thing. I'll tell you. Uh, were you ever married before, Michael? No, I'm fucking smarter than that. <laughs> well, I was. I was married, as I told you yesterday. I know. Uh, I I'm so sorry. I know. 19... I'm so. I'm so sorry nah, to well, hear that, on. Mike. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Actually, before I got married, when I was younger, I always said I'll never get married. I always wanted to live my life my way. When I did meet my future wife. You know, I really fell in love with her and I felt that it was going to work. And I, I did kind of, ch well, I sort of changed my mind. But sort of changed your mind? Yeah, I don't want to go into it. It's a long story <laughs> and I, I don't want to keep it. But, but I will say this. I will say this. I think that sometimes marriage works for some people and sometimes it doesn't. And in my case, I think it was good that I had gotten married because it kind of, it helped me learn and understand things. But when I got divorced, it's just like you said, I was, I was set free. You were liberated, Mike. Start all. You were just. Well, I was. Go ahead. I was what? I said you were liberated, basically. I, I was liberated. That's right. And I was able to start over again. So I firmly believe that there, like marriage, whether you stay together and you're happily married or uh, you end up getting a divorce, I think one way or another, it sort of, it opens you up. And, and if, if you do get divorced, you experience a whole new sort of lifetime. So I'm not saying it's bad or good for anyone. I think it all depends on the person. Well, how lovely, Mike. Know. That's that's really beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Well, Mike, I, it, it's been fun as usual. Hey, so what did you think, man? That was one hell of an interview, huh? It was a good time. He, he's he's really fun, that guy. I he like was um, rowdy tonight. And I, I can tell you why you never discuss with him about his father. You want to know why? Why what? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Do you want to know why you never had a conversation with him about his father before? Oh, why is that, Mike? Because it, it's really hard to bring up a conversation about your parents when you're talking about Planet X. Well, that's true. You? Well, we never even talked about Planet X, though. No, but that's that's his one of his key uh, relations to fame, so to speak. I mean, the guy sure. wrote a book about Planet X. Sure, he's just you he's know, been on the program a, a lot of times, and we've never really got that personal. 
Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Something they'd probably want to bring up. No, of course not, but I am here on the show. I'll always bring up things that make people uncomfortable, and if that offends someone, they could fuck <laughs> off. You know, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, it's my show, so, you know, fuck you. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Pretty much. If you have an issue, go fuck yourself. If you don't like you it, know, you can leave. I mean, it's that simple. It's not hard. You're, you're either on yeah. the happy bus or you're on the sad bus, Mike. And that's really, the happy bus. that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion. You know, and I prefer the happy bus, Mike. Of course. Of course. I don't blame you. For sure. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you say, you know, it's my show. If you don't like it, get off. When, when I was in the band, I used to do, uh, when I used to make the, the, the backstage laminate. Well, Mike, let me, let me stop you. Let, let me stop you really quickly. Quickly. It's our show. Correction. Our show. There you go. Okay. Well, when I used to do laminates for you know, backstage laminates for the past, I used to create them and each one had a separate little slogan for each band member. And mine always said, fuck you, I'm the queen bee, or, or fuck you, this is my band. There you go. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> See, that's the attitude I like there. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you're back, yeah, Mike. I'm glad, I'm glad you're back. I'm back. Where was I? Well, you know, Marshall, you know, he was, uh, he was, um, sort of saying how divorce is evil. And I thought, Oh no, Mike, I don't want, I don't, I don't want Marshall to corrupt you, Mike, <laughs> and make you sad. No, 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 no way. I, you know, I, I having got, I mean, I was divorced a long time ago. I got divorced back in, uh, I, I said we separated in 95. It's a beautiful thing, 90. Mike. It's a beautiful thing that you're divorced. It is. Yeah. Well, you know. Sometimes uh, things don't work out. And, like well, that's right. Things you don't work out. It. I should get married. No, you should get divorced. I am. I'm already divorced. Uh, well, try it again. Get from, divorced again. I'm divorced from society. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, fair enough. So, Mike, we <laughs> return very soon again. Yes, sir. Tuesday, right? No, not Tuesday. I think. Uh, I think we might be back Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, we're we're all shuffling right. a few people around. That's why. Gotcha. You know how that goes, Mike. I sure do. People what are in. You now I do. Yeah, people are in. People are out. People get offended. Yep. People do this. People do that. People wear wigs. People wear wigs. <laughs> you were like, what was it? A, a white powder? What was it? White? It was a powdered wig. A powdered wig. A powdered wig. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up since that. <laughs> I was confused a couple times there. I, I thought, what are we talking about here? <laughs> We're cross-dressing uh, in the, the, in the, <laughs> as a sailor there. What's going on? A sailor. Hey, sailor. I was, I was worried there for Marshall. He was talking about wearing wigs. I didn't quite get that. I mean, it was, it was a little random. I, I had a, well, I had to listen to, I, I really, you know, when he first said it, I was like, why would you wear a wig if you just got out of the Coast Guard? Or that's, yeah, that's, sense. that's what I was wondering the entire time. I kept thinking, what, a wig? So you were thinking the same thing, huh? Yeah, I was like, just... Like, why a wig? Yeah, why, why is he acting like uh, Bruce Jenner? <laughs> oh, that was the Jenner. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just that confused. That Jenner you were talking about. I was just as, I was I just as confused about. as Bruce Jenner. <laughs> What's his name now? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn. Ugh, and he's so hideous looking. So it's a, uh, it's know, a beautiful it's really looking... It's me off when people, when people <laughs> say that he's a hero. He's not a hero. He's courageous, Mike. Oh, he's courageous. He may be courageous, but he's no fucking hero. He's courageous. Heroes to me. are people who, 
heroes, I'm sure you'll agree with me, heroes are people who, who risk their lives for others to save others and, and, and help people. That That's a hero. Well, not Mike, some guy who cuts his wiener off. I don't, I don't think he cut it off, but, you know, I think he's courageous. He could take a lot of pain. He has a high threshold for pain. Do you know what, what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't impress me one bit. Look, I got nothing against gay people, homosexuality, or anything like that. I really don't. Uh, and I want to be absolutely clear on that. No, but I do, not. I say I do, I got a problem with people that want to alter their bodies and then think that just because they've cut off, they've lopped off their, their wiener and now they got a hole in them, they think they're a woman. No, you can't give birth. And no, your chromosomes haven't changed either. So you're either still a man or you're still a woman. Do you Period. still think... Uh, can't do- change... Do you, do you think that's a, a sign of mental illness if you uh, cut off your 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 wang there your your penis? I'll probably get a lot of flack for this, but yeah, I do. I think it, it, I think there is a certain portion of instability instability uh, in a person when they want to remove their sexual organs to become something that they'll never be. A, a woman becoming a man will never be able to make a baby. A man becoming a woman will never be able to give birth. Your chromosomes don't change. Only the outer physical appearance. And that's it. I mean, I just can't see how people are are so adamant about saying, well, I'm not a man or I'm not a man and I'm not a woman. I'm a, what are are the terms? Fluid, gender free, or I don't even know. There's so many like terms these days. None of that, none of that floats with me. I really, like I said, you're either a man or you're a woman. You want to be gay? Go ahead. I don't care. Makes no difference to me. But don't tell me that if you cut off your wiener, you're a woman. You're not. You're still a man. Yeah, you're still biologically a man, for sure. You're, you're, that's right. You're, you're biologically, your chromosomes prove that you are still a man. There, you, you can't change my mind on that. So I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. I, again, I have nothing against homosexuals or, or, or the gay community or anything. I don't even have anything against people who are transsexuals. But I'm sorry. If you call yourself a woman after cutting off your wiener, you're wrong. I love the gays and, you know, I love the trannies. I love the ladies out there for sure. You know, I'm very accepting. I love, I love everyone out there. Well, Mike, I'll be honest. Not everyone. Not everyone. I, don't I, I really, everyone. yeah, I really don't. Yeah. There's a lot of people I hate and, you know, I can't wait until <laughs> they're buried underground uh, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't give yeah, a shit. I, and you know what? And then there's this people out there who are politically correct who will say, well, you know, you're a hater. You know what? F you. Go take a trip around the world and meet other people and look how many how many countries that you can go to with the indigenous population who will say, well, I hate this person. I hate, you know what? what are the, they're, they're haters too, I guess too. But everywhere you go, there's always going to be some sort of rival between humanity. Why? Because that's the species we are. We are a violent, hateful, jealous, uh, greedy species and will never change. So get over yourself. That's right. I'm all about freedom of choice, however. That's what it always comes down to. It's all on you. Yes, sir. No matter what it is that one decides, it's all on you. And I love all of you for it. Do what you feel is best. Since we are not really in a world where we go by facts, we live by what we feel inside, Mike. That's 
That's really the truth of it. We rather believe our feelings than rely on facts these days in the, in the year 2020. And you know what? Do what you want, just as long as you don't hurt anybody or, or go against their wishes. Or hurt a, a poor, innocent animal, right, Mike? Oh, never, ever, ever, never, ever let me catch you ever hurting an animal because you will die. I will take you down. Mike will kill you. Not ever. I will never tolerate a person hurting an animal. I, I rescued a bird today. Well, I don't know if I rescued it. It's in my yeah, other room. Did. I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm to, what's that? I said you kind of saved it, yeah. I, yeah, I, I saved it from the road. I, folks, for anybody who's listening out there, I, I, um, I was driving down the road and I saw what I couldn't tell was something was in the road. And I pulled over and sure enough, it was a, it was a, a what they call a yellow belly sapsucker woodpecker. Um, and I know that because I'm, I'm very much into birds. So I saw it move. I scooped it up. It was very hurt. Must've been hit by a car. I brought it home. I gave it some water. I immediately called, uh, the re- rehabilitation for wildlife out in Pennsylvania. And tomorrow I'm going to bring, provided this bird survives, I'm going to bring it to the, uh, the rehabilitation place tomorrow and hopefully they'll save its life. Very nice, Mike. Yes, sir. Very admirable of you. I, I do. I would do anything for an animal. That's right. Very nice of you. And of course, Mike, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program yourself. Always an honor and pleasure, Mike, to have you here. Thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure to be with you, too. You got it. Go ahead and plug anything you like before we wrap this bitch up. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Um, Michael and I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you're interested in checking out my artwork, horribleartwork.com horribleartwork.com if you're interested in my music and my efforts as a musician uh, you can check out mikehideous.com that's m-y-k-e hideous.com and if you're interested uh, you can also track me down on Facebook facebook.com slash hideousmike m-y-k-e thank you all for listening tonight I had a great time and thank you Michael Very nice. See you soon, my friend. All right, brother. I'll talk to you very soon. And you have a great night and a great weekend. What's left of it? You got it. Good night, everyone. Take care. And there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Mr. Mike Hideous. Oh, yes. Thank you so much to all of you in the chat room as well. It was fun. And thank you to all the mods out there as well. Thank you to uh, Christina. And yes... Lilith, thank you so much for your efforts as well. It's not easy being a mod, right? Getting rid of all the scum. And don't forget, if you are a listener, an avid listener, a quote-unquote fan, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And actually, I do have a show coming up just for you out there, just for those on Patreon. Expect a show with Oli Damagard this Tuesday exclusively on Patreon. Perhaps I'll upload that later for you. We will find out what goes down with Oli Damagard. That should be a pretty good a pretty good episode there for those on Patreon. And of course, for those that have not subscribed right here on YouTube, please do so and also download the podcast rendition of the show. I believe you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, and Spotify. And yes, international listeners out there, I did not forget about any of you. Those in Norway, Brazil, Australia, the UK, Germany, and Canada. Always nice to hear from all of you out there. Love the emails that come from you great people out there. 
Always lovely, and tonight was a top talent show yet again with Mr. Marshall Masters and my co-host, Mike Hideous. I hope you enjoyed. That was fun. There's nothing more frightening than reality. I wish you all well once again. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.